You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live. I'm Teresa Curley. And I'm Stephanie Rausch. And we're hosting today from the Pastoral Center of the Catholic Diocese of Sioux Falls. Uh, We just had a wonderful morning so far, just talking about how the Holy Spirit is working in different people's hearts. And our next guest is Sister Claire of the Capuchin Sister... Am I pronouncing that right? Capuchin? Capuchin, yes. Okay, I've been on that all <laughs> It's all right. It happens all the time. <laughs> well, thanks so much for joining us, sister. Yes. Um, it's good to be with you. Thank you for having me. So good to have you. Uh, just to start us off, could you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Oh, sure, sure. Um, I grew up in Sioux Falls, so I've my family is all here, the, the Tibbetts family. <laughs> um, and I... Um, I've been with the Capuchin Sisters for about seven years, and we are out in Pennsylvania, so I'm on a home visit for two weeks, and at the tail end of it, I guess, I'm on the second week, so um, a little tired, <laughs> a little more talking than I usually do, um, but uh, so I'm just visiting with my family, and uh, we'll be going back next Tuesday, and um, it's been a beautiful visit so far, so I'm grateful for it. It's always good to visit with the family, <laughs> so... That's awesome. Do you get to come back every year? Yes, every year after we make first vows, we get to come back for two weeks. So, in the summer. Yeah. Okay. And what have you taken your final vows yet? I have not taken my final vows. I took um, first vows five years ago. So, um, and for our community, it's four to six years. So, hopefully, within the next year or two, God willing, I'll be making final vows. So, congratulations. Thank you. Well, sister, I'm curious. So you're from Sioux Falls. Mm-hmm. How do you get to Pennsylvania? <laughs> God. Um, so I actually, um, I grew up always wanting to be a sister. And I remember reading books about St. Therese and uh, St. Francis. And I really loved the two of them growing up. And um, I always, I had this idea that in order to be a saint, you had to be just like another saint. <laughs> um, so I, I kind of chose St. Therese um, as my saint to try to be like. And um, so I ended up uh, discerning with the, the Carmelites in Alexandria, South Dakota, and um, entered their community when I was 17 and was with them for two and a half years. And um, while I was there, I thought, you know, here I am living my dream. This is, you know, I'm going to be St. Therese. And then I started getting sick because I was trying to be somebody who I am not, who God made me to be. So um, after about a year and a half of fighting this and uh, finally surrendering to God's will, I remember I was crying and I I finally looked at the crucifix and I said, Lord, um, I just give you this, my dream, and I just want to take your hand and let you lead from here on out. And um, from that moment, excuse me, I just had this peace and joy like I had never experienced before. Um, And so left that community and just started discerning, like, Lord, what is it you want for my life? And um, I had known the Capuchin sisters from, uh, another sister from South Dakota is Sister Grace Marie Irvine. And uh, I knew her family very well. And uh, she, I had met her a few times. Um, So I knew of the Capuchin sisters and uh, as I'm discerning in this time, I just realized that there's this Franciscan vocation within me that was kind of blossoming. And as I'm reading the scriptures and opening the, the gospels, I just had this desire to live the gospel completely. And I just was amazed by how St. Francis wanted to live that 
um, so completely and it's so simply, you know, it's just live the gospel. And I was like, yes, this is, this is the desire of my heart. Um, and also with the aspect of Eucharistic adoration, which was how I prayed growing up. Um, so after, after leaving Carmel and being home about a year and a half and discerning, I, um, found this poster at our parish of St. Lambert's, which is where my family is from. And there was a, a poster for a retreat that the Capuchin sisters were having in Pennsylvania. And I thought, like, I'm I'm never going to Pennsylvania. That's way too far away. Um, But I just was so drawn to this poster that um, I knew God was asking me to go on this retreat. And as I was flying over in the plane, I'd never been to Pennsylvania before, but I just felt like I'm coming home. And then as I'm with the sisters, um, I, I just had this feeling of... In, within their community, I could be myself. And um, then we had Eucharistic Adoration, and it was like, this is how I pray. This is, everything is fitting together. Um, and so it was very shortly, um, God did a lot of healing in me in that time, and uh, very quickly, uh, He opened the doors, and it just, it it, it worked so beautifully that it, it had to be God's will, you know, it just the way he makes things work so smoothly when it is his will, even though there may be obstacles in the way he just removes them and, and saying like, this is it, this is it. And the, of course, the peace and joy that came with that. So um, I entered in 2015 um, and became uh, Sister Claire just six months later, um, which is kind of a neat story with that if we have time. Yeah, um, sure. So in high school when I had first met Sister Grace Murray. Um, she's the other caption from Sioux Falls, or South Dakota, rather. And um, when I had met her, I had, you know, felt this call to Franciscan life and just very attracted. Um, but I was so set on being a Carmelite that I thought, you know, why am I feeling this way, you know? So I went home, and I, I think it was about two days later that I had written in my journal, like, there's all these Franciscan things popping up and, you know, these holy cards of St. Clair floating around. I don't know what's going on. Um, And I remember sitting at the kitchen counter and seeing a holy card of St. Clair sitting there and hearing the words, I am your mother. And I remember revolting inside and saying, I I don't want this. I don't want St. Clair to be my mother. I'd rather have St. Therese be my mother. Um, But that was like the first call of God to me to just embrace this Franciscan vocation. But I fought it, you know, very hard. And, um, but when I entered the Caption Sisters, I thought, well, here it is, you know, it's, it's, Captions are Franciscans. So, you know, here it is, St. Clair, you know, here's the connection. Um, Then six months later, when we become a novice, um, I'm, given my name we don't choose our name in our community it's given to us and it's all a big surprise you know who's what's your name going to be and we're all guessing beforehand and um so i was given the name sister claire and i told mother the story because she had never heard it before and she said that was god that was um the holy spirit because i first moment i met you i knew if this girl perseveres she'll be sister claire so god had it planned you know from way back then, probably seven years, ten years earlier, that um, he had, you know, chosen me, chosen my name. Uh, St. Clair had chosen me. So I'm very happy today to be with you and share about that um, on her feast day. So That is so beautiful. And I believe God had a hand in that. Oh, too. definitely. Like, Let's give Sister a special treat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Sister, you were... 
you alluded to the Franciscan spirituality and the mm-hmm. charism. So yes. how has that played out in your community? In our community, um, Capuchin is a reform of Franciscan. So um, about the 1500s, uh, after the Franciscan order had kind of gone off in different directions and hadn't uh, been very faithful to exactly what Francis wanted to live, um, specifically with the poverty and the penance um, and the prayer life um, that was very important to him. And so the Capuchins wanted to get back to that foundational, um, the three Ps, we call it, you know, prayer, poverty, and penance. And um, so that was kind of the Franciscan reform that happened. And the Capuchins were formed from that. Um, and so here in the 21st century, <laughs> we are the Capuchin sisters. So we're trying to live that first rule of St. Francis as faithful to his way of life as possible as women in the 21st century. So, you know, we're not walking around barefoot per se and, you know, um, living in the mountains, but we do, we do live in the mountains actually, but, um, but we have more of a, um, you know, a contempl- um, contemplative and contemporary uh, aspect of that. So, um, so the way our community lives that is we are contemplatives and so we have two hours of Eucharistic adoration a day, one in the morning, one in the evening. And uh, we specifically live poverty. It's a radical form of poverty by living on divine providence. So we don't take any money for our seldom, we do parish missions and um, youth retreats and things like that periodically. Um, But we don't take any money for that. And um, we pretty much live off of donations um, and we beg for our needs. So doctors, dentists, um, any, any needs that we have if we're building a chapel for our, our convent, um, we'd go around and beg for the money for that. So it is a, a radical form of poverty in this time, but um, just the beauty of it, we've um, been founded 27 years now and never been without. Um, so that's just a testimony to God's providence for our community, but also for others that you know he takes care of his own and um he is able to provide everything you know for the whole community for his his church for his children you know so for us we live that and we live very simply as well so um you know our convents if you entered them they would be very bare and sometimes it's very stark to people who come in and uh you know they just kind of whoa (laughs) there's nothing here um but it's also it's beautiful for us as contemplatives because it's very simple and we just focus back on the Lord and what is most important and go without uh, things that we may want, but we're never without what we need. Um, so that's how our community specifically lives that poverty. Yeah, so you touched a little bit about your community living that poverty. For our audience, can you kind of describe what your daily life looks like? Oh, sure, sure. Um, for most of the day, I would kind of describe it as like living as a stay-at-home mom, but with Jesus. <laughs> so, so he's there in our chapel, and um, we spend quite a bit of time with him. We pray the divine office together, and we also pray uh, those times of Eucharistic adoration, um, which are all in silence. So for our community, it's it's um, not a lot of vocal prayer, but just a lot of silence with him, and each sister is communing with him in that way. And then throughout the day, we um, have a lot of time of community life, which is very strong in our community. Um, Just a very Franciscan family spirit, which was one of the things I was very drawn to. And also just having this, um, you know, that that spirit of Nazareth living um, that hidden humble life. So we do a lot of gardening and uh, 
we have a few animals taking care of those and just um just the simplicity of you know cleaning cooking <laughs> um whatever else the lord provides that day and um you know as i describe it i always think like this just sounds so boring to other people but every day is so beautiful and different um and has its own joys because the lord is always new and that's a huge thing in our life is just uh joy in in the simplicity of life um and something that really has struck me when i met the community um but just the sisters are so free from all the cares of you know what what could be um you know just from having computers or phones and all this you know um connections with the world and then here we are free from that um and able to give ourselves totally to the lord and just um just love him and that's all he's asking for so um so we also have a little bit of um uh, our in our divine office we have um a night night hour so we get up and it's called a vigil we get up in the middle of the night at 2 a.m. and this is our time to you know our little sacrifice of breaking our sleep it's also you know um what mothers do you know when they get up with their children at night so we're getting up for our spiritual children um and you know offering at that time of the night uh for the lord just that sacrifice of prayer to praise him throughout the night um and a lot of a lot of communities do that so two o'clock is kind of our hour of the night to do that so then we go back to bed, though, <laughs> and we get up at six. <laughs> that's beautiful. And that's kind of, like, as you're saying that, I'm like, that, for me, that's kind of would be a poverty in mm. and of itself because I kind of like doing my own thing whenever mm. I want to do it. And so to kind of surrender yourself to that obedience and just kind of yes. the will of God and the direction of your community, mm. uh, that's pretty incredible. I'm also very attached to sleep. So thinking about, like, and I don't know. Sleep is very important to people, and so to like even interrupt like your rest time for God in such a hidden way mm-hmm. is very beautiful. Yes, and it is um, something that we we appreciate um, when we have the time, like during <laughs> during the octave of Easter or Christmas, when we get a special gift, we get to sleep through the night. <laughs> so that's our special gift, and um, we all look forward to those times. Um, but it is a sacrifice, but it's also something when you're doing it in community, it makes it easier because, you know, you don't let each other sleep. Yeah. Just, we're all doing this together, offering it to the Lord, and it is beautiful. Um, you can feel just how powerful it is. Often, you know, people will come to mind at that time, or um, if you're just so tired, you just, oh Lord, here it is, you know, <laughs> um, just offering that and, and just trusting. It's a life of faith, you know, knowing that he'll, he'll take it and do what he needs to with it. And we often don't see the results, but, you know, we trust that he is doing something with it and that's all that matters. You know, he, he takes it and, um, it's all for him anyway. So. Amen. Well, we need to take a quick break and when we come back, uh, more with Sister Claire. Stay tuned. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancements for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. 
However, another way of contributing is through plan giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet our customers' production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live. I'm Teresa Curley. And I'm Stephanie Roush. And we're your hosts coming from the Diocese of Sioux Falls. And before the break, we were speaking with Sister Claire of the Capuchin Sisters of Nazareth, and she's been telling us her vocation story and her specific charism and just how her community lives that. Um, And so... uh, Sister, um, you were sharing with us like just some of the joy you have living with your community. Um, what are just some of the gifts you've experienced in the past seven years in your community, the gifts of being a sister? Hmm. Uh, I would say the greatest gift of being a sister for me is um, being married to the Lord and being his spouse. And that itself is a huge gift and one that I always desired, but I have realized more and more as I live it how... Um, unworthy I am, but also how it is such a huge gift in the call in itself that um, that I could not have chosen it of myself, that he has constantly chosen me and been faithful to me, in even in my own unf- infidelities and um, my own sinfulness. And I think that's also a gift of these past few years in this community is also learning um, how how to be a saint, whereas, you know, I had that idea beforehand of just, you know, I have to be just like St. Therese or something. Um, But a gift in our community specifically is that um, individuality of each sister and the beauty in that. Um, We're all so different, but so so beautiful because we're all living the same life and have that same goal. Um, But we each bring a different aspect to community life. And for our community specifically, um, we when we're given our name, we're also given an attribute to bring to community life. Um, So for me, it's kind of funny, but it's clarity. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, which is also one that um, when I first got it, I thought, well, this is kind of funny, but also um, it's one I have to work on. Um, just being who you are specifically without any duplicity and um, bringing that to community because of the, the beauty of who God made you to be. Um, and I see that so beautifully in the community, especially in our, our foundresses and um just the beauty of, they, they call that out of you, you know, this is who God made you to be. Um, he wants you to be his bride and in your own specific way to love him. Mm-hmm. And um, so that is another joy <clears throat> of community life that I've experienced, especially with this community. Um, and I guess living in community can be the, probably the hardest thing and the best thing because <laughs> yeah, sure. um, you're rubbing elbows with people and we're all um, imperfect, but we're still striving to grow so you know if we have difficulties with each other we work them out and um talk to each other and um so just learning that i guess human side of it too um is much like a family and because we all choose to live together um it makes it a little easier than family (laughs) because you don't choose to live with your family um it's given you and but it's you can see how god has placed you all together and it's exactly what you need and just that's another aspect of that poverty we were talking about is like trusting in him and knowing that he's placed you in this situation for your holiness and your your own good and um so the things that you may want to run from or be like this is the last thing i want it's actually the thing that's going to make you the grow the most um and just embracing that embracing the cross uh for franciscans the cross is very central to our life and um it can be the greatest joy if we embrace it um but it also, if we run from it, can be, the, you know, the heaviest thing in the world. Um, but that that also can be a joy um, in in our life, in any life, is in that embracing of the cross. And when you carry it with him, and only with him does it get light, um, and you experience that, that union with him that um, is what we strive for in this life. And in the next, we will have it. But um, as we say in our community that um when you are married to jesus uh in in marriage you have the vows that say till death do us part and in our community for all religious it's at death do us to unite (laughs) so we're we're waiting for that union um but that that would be a huge joy in my life is just striving for that union um and just little glimpse of it here and there but trusting in him and and growing in that trust and knowing how much he has been faithful um it's just a huge theme for me and um there's so many things i love about our life so i could go on and on (laughs) things i didn't think i'd love like gardening or something like that but just um you know so many joys hidden within it that jesus kind of gives us little gifts um when you know you're you're in your vocation and your call so Mm. and what a total freedom in Mm. that you know just like oh just knowing with the confidence and the trust of like, I am exactly where God wants me to be, and He mm-hmm. chose this for me. Um, yes, that's yes. Incredible. And then reminding yourself of that too in the hard times, you know, and realizing like, you know, it won't always be roses as they always tell married couples before they get married. You know, like, <laughs> yes, I know, but let me enjoy this. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, just that having growing in that trust of God, um, and I think that would probably be a huge theme for anyone is just um how necessary it is to trust god here in this time when you know who who do you trust these days you know it's just it's so hard to know what what is truth and what is not but knowing that 
God is always faithful, and He is trustworthy, and He has each of us, and He has each individual plan for our life, and loves us unconditionally, and as our mother always tells us, like, everything in your life is for you, uh, everything that happens, and um, in that way, it's also for others, you know, for them individually, and it's it's all planned by Him, and um, so the greatest crosses often have the greatest graces within them. Um, so just kind of unwrapping that gift with him in each thing has been a huge, huge blessing. So, Well, Sister, what are some things that, just taking away from your experience with the community and the spirituality of your community, uh, what are some things that us lay people, like South Dakota, North Dakota, not <laughs> right in Pennsylvania like you, um, what are some ways that we could incorporate that into our lives if we feel God pulling on our hearts for um, mm. just total freedom and surrender and trust like you were talking about? Mm, definitely that uh, that total trust in him that he will provide for you um, because you are his child and that he is a father who loves and protects his own. And, um, and we are witnesses in our religious life to that. But it's also for those who see that to want to trust God more and to um, just live in that simplicity and confidence in Him that um, it may not be, <laughs> we may not have everything we want, but we will have everything that we need because um, because He is a Father and He never uh, will leave His children orphaned. Um, and so, practically speaking, I guess, um, live simplicity. Um, it, there's such a joy in going without sometimes and just realizing like there's more important things um and being able to share what you have with others but also just that um that reality of you know just not having very much to distract you from the lord and um i remember i tried to live that before i entered and it was so freeing in that way just to like i don't need this anymore um and this was taking me away from god and uh i just want him and that focus back on him um and then also uh just being in nature being in the garden and um experiencing god in that i think he he created us in the garden (laughs) and um so i think that's where our our natural state of being is um being with him there and there's a simplicity and a gift to that of just like manual labor that um that is so so freeing and so uplifting to be with him in that and um and then something that my family always teases me about is uh, we have a saying called poverty patrol <laughs> and so if there's something that's going bad in the fridge or you know the other day my mom threw out a a butternut squash and it just had a little bad part on it and uh so i dug it out of the compost and we cooked it up and um that my family teases me now we they call it poverty control <laughs> but just little things like that you know um reusing things that i learned in the convent really um and i'm trying to bring that back to my family and say hey we can we can use this you know and don't let anything go to waste and um it's really because everything is a gift from god and um we don't want to take advantage of that or just let it go, you know, um, that, you know, there are things that he's constantly giving us and, um, it shows a gratitude for that, you know, like he's provided us with this and, um, it may not be what I feel like eating right now, but you know, that's part of the joy of, you know, he's given this to us. Um, let's accept it from his hands and be grateful for it. Um, and 
in that way, he will keep providing because the more we are grateful, the more he wants to give. So, Well, sister, as someone who prays for the church as a part of your life, what is something you desire for the church? Mm, I would say I desire for the church specifically, and I guess um, I can speak for my sisters too in this, is um, just that gospel life, that gospel simplicity. Um, St. Francis, you know, he was known to be one to uphold the church in that way and kind of reform the church at his time, um, just to return to living the gospel. Mm-hmm. And um, in, the, in all its simplicity and beauty, um, that the gospel never gets old, it never gets outdated, um, that God gave us that as kind of you know, his his words to us of how he wants us to live, and we're all called to live the gospel, each in our own individual calling. Um, it may not look like radical poverty um, or chastity in the same way, of, um, but just that, that return to the gospel way of life, to the commandments, to um, the simplicity of, you know, we may, we may not have to be um, very rich in, in the worldly sense, but we have everything we need in the Eucharist. We have everything we need in Christ and His teachings. And um, just a return to that, um, I think, would be in the heart of Francis, definitely, and, of course, Claire. Um, just living that, that simplicity and poverty. So, awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, sister. Yes, it's a joy uh, to be with you. Please keep us in your prayers in the 2 a.m. Oh, yes. <laughs> Definitely. We'll be praying for you as well. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we need to take a hard break, and when we come back, more Real Presence Live. Stay with us. Mm-hmm. 